You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome into the Dublin Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. Michael McQuaid, Colin Cronin, Stuart Roach, uh, all three of us together again for the first time in a while. It's my fault, Colin's fault as well. Over in, I don't know how we didn't get Colin when he was over in Denver last weekend, but uh, Broncos beating the Chargers 28 to 13. Uh, I'm actually going to start the show with Stuart, Colin, just very quickly. Did we both pick the Broncos last week, Stuart? Michael, a friend of mine. Yeah, a, a similar Broncos fan vintage sent me a text there about half an hour ago. He said, you two lads, you keep predicting losses for us and we'll have home field advantage in the playoffs before we know. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we we both very confidently predicted that the Chargers would have too much. I think we were both at least by a touchdown, if not more. Um, so we couldn't have gotten that any more wrong. So uh, I, yeah, I'm, every time I'm delighted. We, every time we pick them to win, they lose. Every time we pick them to lose, they win. So that's can't wait to hear a prediction later on, Stuart. That's yeah. I, I think we should. Uh, I think I think if we get to the playoffs and the Broncos, you know, they owe us a debt of, of huge gratitude. So and they can help pay my Paddy Power bill as well if they if they, if they want to. <laughs> well, twenty eight thirteen win. We'll we'll dive into that in a minute. But Colin, you you were at the game. You were in Denver over the weekend. Um, you were in the media section in in the stadium, which I've been to before. You know, on a tour, it looks fantastic. Uh, tell us, you know, before we go into the game, tell us about your experience. How did you enjoy it? 
Oh, amazing experience. It was great to be back in Denver, be back at Mile High, and the place was buzzing. Uh, you know, the the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. I've been going over for at least a decade at this point, various games, seeing us in obviously the, the Peyton era, which was, you know, unbelievable. And the even before the, the Peyton era and in the post Peyton era, but this was probably amongst the loudest I've heard mile high. And it wasn't completely full. There were, I think, in and around six, seven thousand um, no shows, but it was loud. It was really loud and it caused Herbert issues all day. Um, it was great to obviously have the opportunity to to be in um, media, to meet so many of our friends who've um, joined us on various podcasts over the year. Troy Rank, the CBS Denver crew, Romy um, and Ryan. I got to, to meet uh, Matt Boyer, uh, said hello to Eric. Um, and, um, the, yeah, the, look, the, the, the Broncos did, uh, did a wonderful job in terms of hospitality, got to, um, you know, say thanks to everyone who, uh, who helped out with that. It was, it was really wonderful. And obviously then to get the opportunity to hold the Lombardi trophy from Super Bowl 32 afterwards was a very very cool moment you know the the memories of the beatdown that the 49ers put on us to go from that to um the helicopter play and that at that moment knowing we're going to win this so to to hold that trophy that Elway and TD and Shannon Sharp and all of the other Steve Atwater he was I got to meet Steve at the the game he is an enormous man and he is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Super, super nice guy. And uh, yeah, so I, I can, I was abs- I think I'm still kind of on cloud nine after the experience in Denver. It couldn't really have gone any better and we got a win. So absolutely fantastic weekend, I would have to say. Well, I picked uh, four games correctly all weekend. Uh, sorry, five all weekend and one of them wasn't the Broncos so my picks at the minute are away to hell altogether I'm delighted you had such a good weekend I was really lucky to meet Steve Atwater at um at the the training facility in at Pat Boland's uh Pat Boland Fieldhouse a few years ago and it was he's such a great guy as well I can only imagine the day you had and obviously thanks to thanks to the Broncos for making that happen Stuart I bet you were you were watching on gleaming for a chance to touch that Lombardi trophy yeah someday someday Someday, indeed, yeah, yeah. No, it was great to see. Fair, the Broncos really looked after Colm, and uh, you know, as 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 somebody who's you know still has um, shudders when I think of that Forty ers Broncos Super Bowl, like Colm, we've we've sort of I think we bonded initially over our conversations about that. He was a younger chap than I was. It's great to see that he finally exercised those demons by touching the first Lombardi that the Broncos won. Um, so yeah, no, it's just it's great. It's great to see. It looked like you had a great weekend, and look importantly as well, you got to see a win. Column, I think, is a flawless. I think I think the one proviso that we yeah mentioned on Friday, Mick, was that Column has has had a tremendous record in Denver when he was going. What's your record, Column, the Broncos in Denver? It's very impressive, I believe. Column, is that right? Uh- I, I have I have been very fortunate. Um, I think if I look, I was trying to add it up over the the weekend and look back. 
I am seven and four in my in my time going to um to Jesus. Mile High, and um the the def- now two two of those defeats were actually preseason defeats. Um, I got to see Russell Wilson. Um, when he took over the, the he he did so well in Seattle in the uh, like that off season or, or preseason that he took the job as starter and um, here we are eight years later and Seattle are having issues. Um, I also saw us lose to the Lions once in preseason. The regular season losses that I saw were to the Chiefs um, post the Super Bowl fifty. In a game that we really should have won if Benny Fowler had held on to the ball. And I saw us lose to the, the Bengals in uh, 2017 in a, it, what was remains a really, really strange game. Um, there were there were there was like an interception that was dropped like after a, a huge return. Um, so there was there was all sorts. But yeah, no, I the I'm have seen three wins over the the last uh three games and two wins over the chargers which has been very pleasing and obviously big shelby coming up against the steelers back in 2019 but just to to also just give a shout out to um victor ayala from broncos fanaticals uh great to to meet with with uh victor and to marisol as well for all her help so yeah really fantastic and We'll talk a little bit about the the post game after we talk about the game, I suppose. Yes, sir. I just need the seven wins to get back to up to your level, seven and four there. Looking forward to it Sunday. Who knows? Uh, Broncos 28, Chargers 13. Broncos 14, like obviously a fantastic result, fantastic win for the team. Broncos 14, uh, throw up towards the, the end of the second quarter, goes to 14-7. You start to get a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was starting to get nervous. Scoreless third quarter. And then the Broncos pull away in the fourth. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 129 yards, 11 for 18 completions. One touchdown. Drew Locke comes in at one point. I'm not going to lie. At one point, I was like, oh, Jesus, Colin. Here we go. <laughs> Flights, 1,000 1, euros. Seeing Drew Locke, priceless. Um, Javante Williams having uh, a nice day. 57 yards rushing. Uh, 57 yards rushing, 54 yards rushing, one touchdown. I was looking at the, at the receiving, 50, 57 yards receiving as well. Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy getting a bit of the action as well. And the defense coming up as well. Uh, Patrick's retain, obviously. Great game. Uh, Colin mentioned a few things there. So I'll start with you, Stuart. Uh, you had the proper my sh- shenanigans late last week before this game. Uh, I was blown away, Stuart, in the third quarter. Sorry, the fourth quarter with this team. I was nervous at halftime. I thought we were going to give it away, especially because we looked a bit, you know, with the whole Drew Lock situation, I thought we weren't going to come back. But we did. We didn't just win. We beat the Chargers comfortably. Uh, and now we play for the lead in the West on Sunday. Can it get any better than that, apart from the win on Sunday? Uh, yeah, it can get better if they actually manage to sustain some kind of form for once. Because we've seen this from Denver before. They're brilliant one week. They're absolutely appalling the next. Um it's unfortunate, I think, that this is this is a place that has become a graveyard for Denver over the last few. I mean, it's always been a tough place for Denver. Um, it's been a particularly difficult place for Denver in December. Um, our record, even really good Broncos teams have, have had enormous struggles there over the years. So this is 
this is going to be a tough game. Although I suppose we'll see if the Chiefs' revival is actually for real. I mean, one of the things to me, um, like, you know, it, it's becoming more and more apparent, I think, every week that Javante Williams is the Broncos' offense. Uh, like, he's the most receiving yards. He wasn't too far behind Melvin Gordon. Like, he's the spark plug. He's the one that, um, you know, it's the tackle breaking, but it's also the, the, the runs after the catch. You know what I mean? Like, I think the second longest... Uh, reception in, in the entire second half was a dump off to Javante Williams who took it, you know, I, I can't remember how far down the field. So, but to me, the, the really um, surprising and, and, and exciting thing for the Broncos is, because I think we, look, we, we, we know what the Broncos offense is at the moment. It's just, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not caffeinated. It's not exciting. It's dull. Um, apart from the aforementioned Javante Williams. But to me, the thing that really made me sit up and take notice was just how good the defense was. Um, most of that game, Broncos rushed four men and dropped an awful lot of defensive backs back there, which scrambled Herbert's brain. And those four people, you know, whoever they were, obviously, Draymond Jones didn't get a sack on the day, but I think he had something like seven quarterback pressures. Like, that's that's enormous in a four-man rush. You know, you had Talvin McGee, you had um, Williams. You know, these guys really showed. And, and also, so did the, the rookies. I mean, I think there's been a, been a bit of a rush to anoint uh, George Payton as the the greatest GM since since sliced bread. Um, we've been a little bit reluctant to go full on there, but I do think now you're beginning to sort of see, and I think you do have to hold your hands up. Uh, that's a pretty fantastic draft class all in. You know, I mean, you're getting a superb cornerback in Pat Sertan, who you know, and and people talk about. You've got your cornerstone positions, which is your quarterback, your left tackle, your pass rusher, and your cornerback. So quarterback is the most difficult position for a rookie to play, but cornerback is by far and away the second most difficult position for a rookie to play, I think. And apart from one or two struggles, he's been he's been um, fantastic. Like, he's been our best defensive back, I think, all season. Um, he's so polished. You, you, if you looked at that game and you didn't know anything about any of the players, the last person you would pick out as a rookie in the defensive backfield would be Pat Sertan. He's that good. Javante Williams, as we've talked about, you know, Browning has really come on in the last few weeks. He's really, really come on. Um, you know, so I, I think you've got to take your hat off, but partic- to, to Peyton, but, but particularly on defense. Um, you know, we've been kind of, we've heard about defensive gurus. We've heard about Vicks coaching tree sometimes that just seems ridiculous when you have games like against the philadelphia eagles you've games against you know the cleveland browns third stringers but i think there are times when it clicks um and you can kind of understand what people are going on about and i think sunday absolutely was one of those situations and the defense totally carried the day for me on the weekend um and hats off to fangio and hats off to a lot of sort of unheralded guys that are really beginning to hit their stride now i think you know, if, if we can get, I, I said it on a Facebook group that we're all are still members of, if we can just get this quarterback situation sorted out once and for all in the offseason, then I think we've got a, a really, really bright future. Now, I know that's a little bit Liverpool 1990s, next year is our year. I do get that, but I genuinely, for the first time in a long time, feel that if we can get that position fixed, this this could be a playoff team year in, year out. There's that many good young players on that squad at the moment. What's your thoughts, Colin, in regards to just the game and just general overall thoughts? Yeah, the game was, 
it felt like we were in control the entire time. As I said, the crowd was loud from the off and you could see that Herbert was struggling from the off. There was miscommunication an awful lot on the the charges. You could see him pointing. You could see them just not working. And there were all sorts of kind of blown assignments. When you consider the line we had, now it wasn't perfect. Um, Cushenberry struggled definitely. But when you consider what we were missing on the line versus the Chargers line and our like we caused Herbert all sorts of issues. Draymond Jones, I thought, had another really, really good game. And, you know, Malik Reed and, and Chubb call, caused issues. So um, the, the defense we talked about, you know, um, Pat Sertain. But also, Kenny Young has done well. Um, certainly, at, at on Sunday, he he had a very good game. You you'd have to to say, but yeah, it was it was the running backs show for the most part. Now, look, I Teddy has a long way to to go and has uh, hasn't helped himself at times with um with Broncos country, but he is the run for the the first touchdown. Um, kudos to him for that for just the the vision to see it and whilst I think we will need to absolutely as George is saying um, look at the the quarterback situation and we have to get that sorted out I think we I think for this season I think the there is no debate anymore okay Drew Locke came in in relief and it didn't work and um, I think it's evident to to everyone um, outside of maybe the, um, the 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 most ardent ardent Drew Lock supporters that it's just not going to work in Denver. Whether it works anywhere remains to be seen. But he he came in um, on his second possession. He fumbled the ball. We got really lucky. The Tim Patrick um, got the got to that ball. We actually got a first down out of it. But had that gone to the Chargers, that could have been so, so different. And then obviously he throws the the interception. And the air, that was the one time it felt like the air might have come out of the um the stadium. And it was telling that I suppose, you know, after the the lack of uh, the tackle against the Eagles, it felt like fans were quite pleased to see Teddy come back in. For all of the issues that there there are when we've talked about them, um, he he doesn't turn the ball over, and that's a huge issue. When when Drew, you know, played as many possessions as he did, and he fumbled and he throws the interception, you know, that's that's going to kill you in in this league. So, I the you'd have to say, given the Chargers were coming in possibly off of one of their better performances. Certainly, I think they put 41 points on the Steelers the week before to hold them in the manner that we did was outstanding. And I think to me from seeing it, Eckler was their kind of standout. He can be electric, but I think overall we did a, a good job with him. Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen. Yeah, they. I don't think they are top tier um, wide receivers and at tight end. I would take our wide receivers, tight ends and running backs over theirs any day of the week. Obviously, they have a very good QB, um, but there are issues on that Chargers team. And it, what was phenomenal, and it's not news to anyone listening to this, I imagine, because they have been bad against the run. But I didn't 
it, just to see it in person, to see how bad they are against the run. And for Williams, I think if he can learn just patience and just seeing the gaps, and that comes with time. I'm not a believer in, in linear progression. Not every single player gets better every year just because they're in the league. But for a lot of a lot of rookies, they do. And I think that is one area where you're you're beginning to to see it more as he goes through the season. And just the way he makes players miss and the way the stadium comes alive when he has the ball as well um, was really fantastic. So I think for for me, it was one of our most complete performances of the season. I mean, you look at the the Dallas game, but it felt, you know, almost in, in the Dallas game, there was almost a disbelief because you were like waiting for the Cowboys, whereas this on Sunday certainly felt like no we're in charge here we're bossing this and the the response to the pick six was just magic just to to see him run down the the sideline and I know Ryan Green has done the side by side of um, Sertain and, and Champ Bailey and look he's got a long way to go to be there with Champ but what a what a moment for the rookie two picks and I, the other thing to to say, I suppose, just in, in relation to him and, and others came out as well. But Pat Sertain went down both lines of fans after the game, took photographs, signed autographs for everyone who wanted it. He could like for a, a superstar rookie who I think is the closest to Micah Parsons in terms of defensive rookie of the year. And maybe if we were on TV a bit more, he'd be a, a lot closer um, but the Cowboys get a lot more national coverage. But he is super humble, super nice guy. Um, jo- Justin Simmons did, um, did it as well. Williams came out. You know, a lot of players, in fairness, have, have to to go places after games. Teddy Teddy came out and had ice on on the leg. I'm wondering what impact that might have for next Sunday. But overall fantastic performance and a great game plan against the chargers to curtail herbert i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You were saying there about the, the vibe in the stadium column whenever uh, you know, the whole Drew Lock thing was going on. You're talking about the vibe in the stadium. There was a vibe in my living room. I was like, oh, no. Like, even the tweet. But even watching like the game on TV, you just, I think you just sort of knew. I was like, oh no! And we we look, we it, it didn't happen. We got away with it, and we obviously won the game. But Stuart is is the uh, 
is the Drew Locke experience over forever? Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it has to be. Um, I think it's a pity. You know, I think we 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 believed in him. I think we we felt that you know you got to go with the younger guy this year. But I I do now clearly know why they didn't. Um, and I think it, it kind of reminded me of two things, um, both of which were desperately unfortunate. Uh, an older one was uh, a quarterback that I really like, Jay Plummer, in the AFC Championship game against the Steelers, which the Broncos were favourites win. They'd beaten the Patriots the week beforehand. Um, and it was all in front of them. And the Broncos just had a meltdown. It was 17-3. There was about a minute left in the first half. And everything that could have gone wrong had gone wrong. But if the Broncos are going to get the ball at the start of the second half. You know, you go in 17-3 down, you regroup, you just go, look, you know, things didn't go our way, but we'll get a score here in the open and the open drive, we'll back in this. The one thing you can't do is throw a pick. I'm sure Shanahan said that to Jake Plummer. And what does Plummer do? He throws a pick and the Steelers score the seven seconds left. Bang, 24-3 halftime, that's all she wrote. The other one that reminded me as well um, was when Paxton Lynch was absolutely stinking the joint out in a preseason game. And there'd been a bit of back and forth with Simeon. This was the second year that Lynch was there. A um, bit of back and forth. Who was going to get it? You know, do you go with the guy who's got the cannon arm? Do you go with the guy who's more cerebral? And Lynch came and just absolutely was appalling. And Simeon, who I think we all knew had massive limitations, came in and he looked like a proper NFL quarterback. Now, you could argue that Trevor Simeon isn't a proper NFL quarterback, but in comparison to... As our old friend Colin says, the taller than Danny DeVito competition, he was absolutely an NFL quarterback in comparison to Lynch. Locke cannot do that. You cannot do that. There is literally one thing you're not allowed to do in that situation, and that is to throw an interception. Now, it was a great play by Derwin James, but if that doesn't matter. If that ball is where it should be, which is in row F, then Derwin James, I don't care if he's Superman, he's not intercepting that. So I think that was probably the final straw. Um, you know, I think realistically, you've seen Teddy Bridgewater probably with concussion with, you know, uh, twice he's been injured to the point where he could barely walk um, and he's been put back in both times. So I, I just think, you know, it was not going to happen for him. I think Locke's time ended with the Broncos when Scangarello was fired because Locke and Shermer just are a dreadful, a dreadful uh, match. Um, again, you could argue that Shermer's a dreadful match for just about every quarterback, um, but I think that was that was the end. So look, we're, we we go with Teddy until the end of the season. I think we've we've been over this before. I think we're all in agreement. You know, if Teddy is the guy next year, the only way that's palpable or palatable is if it's with a view to the rookie that they traded up for coming in in week eight or week ten. Um, but yeah, no, it's it has to be over now, Mick. I don't know, and as Colin said, you, you'd wonder if. It's going to work anywhere. Maybe he's just a rookie. Maybe he might do a Ryan Tannehill. Maybe he might do a Heineke in, in, in Washington. You never know. One of those guys with a big arm, he gets a chance, and maybe it kind of it clicks from later. Or maybe he's going to go the way of Paxton Lynch, and that's struggling to get a, a place in a roster up in Canada. I, you know, and I don't know which it's going to be. I wouldn't put money on either. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it's a pity because I think he had a lot of talent, but it's his time here is, is done, you know, and I think he's, it's getting to the stage now when you're, you're kind of going, is Brett Rippon maybe a safer option as a backup because he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't have any arm what to speak of, but he, he's more in, you know, he's closer to Bridgewater probably than Locke is. And maybe it might make sense for him to be the backup. I don't know. Might that 
be a little bit too harsh and lock, but I, I, I personally speaking, I think that's probably what I would do now because just it's just not happening for lock, and it's not gonna happen for lock. That's just the way it is. Colin, just going to what Stuart said there. First off, do you think the Drew Lock experience is over? And secondly, what's your thoughts on Vic Fangio now? Like, you know, potentially top of the West come Sunday, all being well. Do you think Sunday is, you know, a game that might keep him in his job for another year? Or, or what's your thoughts? Well, I suppose in relation to Drew Lock, I think in Denver it is done. It has to be done. And it, it, Drew gets a shot elsewhere. It's going to be best for everybody. It, at, at this point, it's almost toxic right it, it, for for everybody so i think for drew it's not a it's not a question of the physical gifts he has those but he has to learn to make better decisions he has to not force it and that's that's a difficult thing right it, it it's it's it can happen and we have seen players make that leap but it is difficult to learn to slow down to go through your progressions if you're a gunslinger if you if you take chances it's difficult to curtail that so look i think at this point yeah drew is drew is done and certainly that seemed to be the the talk in in denver other than a few really really ardent diehards even people who really like drew and i i know i was a big fan when we drafted him i just don't think it it worked um and let let him go elsewhere let's let him fight for a, a job but no it's it's done in denver absolutely and in terms of Angio, yeah, now I suppose this is this is a great opportunity. It's been a really strange year in the West, and the Chiefs have been vulnerable, more vulnerable than we expected. So I think this is a great proven opportunity. This is an opportunity for Vic Fangio and the Broncos to potentially get to the playoffs. But this is, I think, a real proven period, right? You're going into December and you're playing meaningful football. So now you have the opportunity. Can Vic uh, lead the team back to the playoffs? If he does that, I think he probably gets another year. I don't know if you could let uh, fire a guy who who took you to the playoffs. But, you know, we have seen, and Peter King wrote about this in um, his Monday morning column. Like when you looked at the NFL last year entering December, the Steelers were 11 and 0. The Bucks were coming off of two really bad losses. So the things can change. September, October, November football is important. December, January and February is where it it's really all about. So it's great that we are sitting here um in as we move into December and we're talking about meaningful football. We haven't had that for some time. But we have to take advantage of the opportunity that, that exists now. So we'll absolutely come come the middle of January, then then we'll know. Stuart, just before we get the game picks for Sunday, what's your thoughts on Fangio? Um, I don't think he's a very good head coach. I've never thought he was a very good head coach. Um, I think he's clearly a brilliant defensive coordinator. Um, James Merrillat said it after the Cowboys game a few weeks ago. Um, if you're involved in a toxic relationship for three years, do you decide to stick together because you had one great weekend, which I thought was a pretty good analogy? Uh, the answer is no, unless you're a head case. Um, 
Look, we'll wait and see. I agree with Colm. I think it would be kind of harsh to fire a guy who makes the playoffs. Um, I would probably agree. Look, there's, there's a lot of football left in this season. You know, this is a very strange AFC. I mean, I think it's it's becoming clear now that the Packers are by far and away the strongest team in the NFC. Um, they've beaten most of their nearest competitors. It seems like the Packers are involved in an important game every week, and they seem to win most of them. Um, you wonder if the books are going to crank into gear. I have no idea who's going to win the AFC. I know the Patriots have started to come good, but the Patriots, you know, they beat the Titans at the weekend. The Titans have no offensive players fit. So I don't know. I mean, I think you'd worry if the Patriots were to somehow get the home field advantage because uh, I don't think any of us were ready for the Patriots to emerge from their, their wretched cave as soon as it looks like they might do. Um, so it's a peculiar AFC. I think this is an interesting game, as I kind of touched on earlier on. In some ways, it would have been better to get the Chiefs earlier in the season when they were sort of scrambling around for a bit of form. Um, because it, it, stuff, I think, Michael, we, we talked about this last week. Like the thing with the Chiefs is uh, it's like, um, it's like a, you know, a, a striker is going through a really bad, barren patch where they're, they're kind of snatching at chances and, and everything is kind of a... Everything is kind of difficult. Like I looked at the Chiefs a few times, and like stuff that they would normally do easily, and you know, as part routinely is difficult for them. It seems like they have to scrap for every yard on offense. Um, so I think this is an interesting game. At least we've got a bit of form going into it. As I said, it's a terrible place for us to go as a team. The one apart from the offense, I mean, Travis Kelty. We we haven't been killed by tight ends as much as we have done but unfortunately Kelsey looks like he's beginning to crank into gear the one guy who would really worry me um because we do have sort of uh, you know we've got two relatively young players on the inside now with uh, Graham Glasgow gone and Cushenbury who has struggled Chris Jones has wrecked Denver on pretty much every occasion he played us over the last couple of years he is a phenomenal interior pass rusher so if Teddy is not particularly mobile, that's not a great strength of ours. Um, so that would be a difficult matchup. And in fairness, we are doing our best with the offensive line, but we have had some crippling injuries there. Um, so I think this will be an interesting game. Sorry, I know I'm going off in a bit. I think, yeah, if, if, if Fangio gets to the playoffs, unless they get absolutely walloped in the playoffs, which is highly likely, let's be honest, uh, I, I think you'd probably leave him. I just, to me, Fangio staying for another year, even if he does somehow scrape a wild card. Fangio means Shermer, means Bridgewater, means, you know, let's go to sleep as far as I'm concerned. You just, you know, so that, that would be my worry. I don't want to sound like a negative, you know, overly negative here, but it's not exactly sexy. It's not exactly exciting. Um, do we need another <laughs> another year of this? I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'd love us to get to the playoffs, but... You know, that's a little bit Sophie's choice, Mick. You know, if you make the playoffs and Fangio stays, it's like, you know, um, God, yeah, thanks for that. I was trying really hard to be positive because I've been so negative on this podcast. I'm trying really hard. Um, now you had to come ruin it for me. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, more importantly, right now, <laughs> the immediate future, the AFC West lead, Sunday Night Football. By God, NBC had the jackpot here. Colin Broncos Chiefs, the winner of this game is the number one team in the AFC West. Who wins on Sunday and why? 
Well, in terms, again, for Fangio to prove it, like Fangio has lost the four games against the Chiefs. If the Broncos are to make the playoffs, we have to potentially beat the Chiefs twice. So if he does that, then, you know, that changes it. If you lose twice to them and you're 0-6 against the, the Chiefs, well, that's a different thing. But the Chiefs have looked vulnerable um, or more vulnerable this season. But, yeah, I mean, you look back, we we ne- we didn't win at Arrowhead um, at all during the the 60s. Uh, I think we won um, the, I think, in, in and around, um, you know, maybe maybe uh, uh, in the 70s were a bit more successful. The 80s didn't, weren't so good. The 90s, not so good. Um, we ha- the early 2000s were a disaster and then obviously we had the stretch where um, between Tebow and, and Manning um, we did quite well at Arrow at Arrowhead up, on, up until the post-Super Bowl and then it's just been whether home or away it's been a nightmare I think if we are to beat the, the Chiefs it's going to be going with the the game plan that seems to slow them down you you have to take away the chunk plays and you have to force Patrick Mahomes to be patient he has admitted himself that he he doesn't like that he doesn't enjoy having to be patient he doesn't enjoy doing the underneath stuff um and and kind of methodically going down the field we know Patrick Mahomes is a gifted QB but you know I said earlier that Drew Locke is difficult to learn patience. No matter how good you are, it's difficult to learn patience. It's probably one of the things why Brady has been so successful because he's prepared to just, in a game if needs be, he'll dump it off, dump it off, dump it off. Mahomes finds that difficult. The nice thing is, I suppose, our, our defense is playing well. Um, and I think we're in with a with a puncher's chance. And I think that's where, you know, the pressure should be on Vic Fangio because it's it's time now. You've, you've been up against the Chiefs four times. This is your third season. And I Stuart was saying about the, the Packers, like Matt LaFleur, yes, he has Aaron Rodgers, but Matt LaFleur is 35 and 9 at this point after three years. So Vic, Vic you, you're, this is your fifth game against the Chiefs. You know, we we some Broncos fans have said that it was Vic Fangio who created the blueprint and how to beat the Chiefs. Well, if he created the blueprint, here's the opportunity for his team to to go and do it. Now, it's going to take all yeah, everybody showing up, everybody having a great game, and the Chiefs having an off day. But look at look at some of the the results this season. We talked earlier, Trevor Simeon beat Tom Brady and the the Saints did a number on the Bucks. So I think it I think it's possible. Um I, I it'll be very, very, very difficult. But I do think we're in with a, a puncher's chance. And if Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater are to remain if they if they win at Arrowhead, that's an enormous first step. I, I believe it's possible. I believe the expectation um, for the Bron- for Broncos country should be that we, we should be going in thinking that we ha- have a chance. Um, we, Michael, we talked to, to Thomas Morstead and he said that during his time with the Saints, every, they didn't, they didn't ex- you know, expect to win every game, but they believed that they were in with, with the opportunity of winning every game 
And so I don't think you can go in with the attitude that it's an insurmountable climb. I can see a path that the Broncos can take to win this. I'm I'm going to go with the, the Broncos to, to pull the upset. And I hope that I am sitting here next week and that is the case. Stuart, who have you got? Well, I said we'd win one of the games between the Chargers and the Chiefs on Friday, Michael. So we, we've done that. Um, I think... I think we'll make it close. I think it's going to be similar to the game last year in Arrowhead, which, in fairness, we were pretty close to winning. Just they, they, I think they, they sort of pipped us right at the death. Um, so I think that might work. But, you know, as Colin said, Vic Fangio is the blueprint to supposedly came up with the blueprint to be the Chiefs. And why, why doesn't he use it then in that case? <laughs> was, he, was he keeping it for something? Use it. Um, you know, so I think... I do agree. I think there's a puncher's chance. You got a puncher's chance. You never happened. The Chiefs have let themselves look a little bit more vulnerable than than previously when they've gone out the gate. Like you know, um, I just think they're beginning to kind of come into a wee bit of form, and I think they've got they've they've got weapons and strengths in areas that we struggle with a little bit. Like Tyreek Hill always shows against the Broncos. Um, Travis Kelsey always shows against the Broncos. So I think we'll keep it tight. I don't think we'll get blown out, which is good. I think that was the fear when they flexed this game. I think we were all a little bit surprised, but it now seems like that was actually a good decision because it should be a good game. Um, But I think we'll fall just a a little bit short. But I think that's not the end of the world because we do have the Lions following week. So that will keep us still in the mix. Um. But then there's a really tough stretch again. So I, I think it'll be close. I think the Chiefs will win by something like 21-17, something like that. I'm taking the Broncos to beat the Chiefs on Sunday for the sheer reason that I don't think the Chiefs, on the average of the season, have been good enough uh, on all areas of the ball. They haven't been. Mahomes has been shocking for a fantasy owner, and I can't stand him at the minute. And Colin, your fantasy performance of the weekend was a disgrace, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Is that um, is that because I, I beat you, Michael? Yes, I'm very annoyed. Tyler Lockett and Nick Chubb. I'm actually taking the Broncos, and I'm not giving any more of an explanation because my sister, who has been to Australia for over a year and a half, has came home, and she's just somehow decided to land in in the last 60 seconds. So I'm going to pick the Broncos in all seriousness. No, I think our defense is going to get us over the line here. McManus, field goal. I hope it snows. Sunday Night Football, I'm taking the Broncos 24, Chiefs 21, Mahomes to flow for under 250 yards and have two picks and a pick six. Broncos lead in the West. And we'll record on Monday night next week, Cry. Sound good? No, sorry, just you know the way that Mahomes is having an absolute nightmare. You know he's still fifth for passing yards in the NFL, Nick. You do you do realize that, right? So these are all relative. No, I know, but you never know. <laughs> he's been no, but there's been weeks there where he hasn't like been good 3, enough. 300 yards or something in week. Stuart, Stuart, the Packers game with Jordan Love wasn't good enough. The Giants game, both of those things have won X Factor there. They're both at Arrowhead. He hasn't been good enough at Arrowhead this year. Let's see what happens on Sunday. No, that's true. Sunday, I, Sunday. I just think, yes, he has struggled by his high standards, but you know, we're not talking, you know. We're not talking. If we can, if we can contain here. Kelsey, we have a, we have a hell of a chance. Yeah, and in fairness, really Kenny, or sorry, not Kenny Young has proven to be actually pretty good at covering tight ends, which you know 
has been a bugbear myself and Collins for as long as we can remember. So yeah, look if we maybe we've got a better if you can stop Kelsey, you've gone a long way to stopping the Chiefs. I you, I don't think you, I think you have to assume that Tariq Hill will get free for one massive play. I think that's just the way it is. That's just something that you have to accept. But if you can stop Kelsey, I think you've got a really good chance. So maybe maybe I think at least we've got a middle linebacker now with some genuine pace, which I think will help. Yes, sir. Let's see what happens. I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, anyway, Broncos Chiefs this Sunday for the top of the West. Uh, please give us a like, subscribe to the Mile High Report channel. Um, and thanks very much for listening to the Dublin Endeavour podcast another week. Nobody get the game this weekend. Let's see what happens and we'll take our picks from there. But Colin Stewart, a pleasure as always. Go Broncos. Enjoy the game this weekend. If you're watching it in KC, Missouri, Colorado or in Tralee. Cheers, lads. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. <laughs>